Welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week these idiots pair cocktails with comic books. You can find the cocktails, drinking game rules, and playlists on the blog at funnybooksandfirewater.com. While at funnybooksandfirewater.com, you can also find a drinking game rule to play while you listen to each episode. You can follow us at FirewaterCast on Twitter, and FunnyBooks and Firewater on Facebook and Instagram. This is episode 151. Criminal, Last of the Innocent. Part of the Brubaker and Phillips team-up month. We fake our own deaths uh, to uh, have new identities and be full-fledged members of House Demir. So we fake our own deaths, and then we had to fight some shadow horror in a giant room full of mirrors. Uh, and then we attended an auction in which we slept someone who was selling essentially a knock list of Demir agents. And then uh, using sleight of hand, I stole the encoded thoughts of all those names off of this crystal heart. And then we just walked right out of there. I lost you when you said shadow whore. What? <laughs> Horror. Let me, Horror. Let that me know, completely let, changes things. Let me know when you get gang banged by slivers. Ooh, yeah, we have not encountered slivers yet, but I will let you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I just heard Shadow Whore, and I'm like, huh, is that like a Game oh, of yeah. Thrones gone bad event? <laughs> no, it, uh, Shadow Horror essentially ah. started as someone's shadow and then became a corporeal form that we had to fight. And then sort of lashed out at us with uh, Slender Man-like tentacles. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, Todd, I'll also point out, I think I'm uh, starting to understand why we never got into uh, D&D. That's way too much shit for me. Oh, is that? It, uh, that's that's <laughs> actually more like Magic the Gathering Yeah, and it, it, sounds, it sounds like a lot when I'm just saying names that you don't have any context of, but uh, if you actually do get into a campaign, or it starts out small and you introduce it very slowly, so it's, it's not like it's all coming down at you at one point. What's interesting, I did... Battletech back in the day. Fucking nerd. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and I kind of did that for a little bit. I went, it was like the only time my older brother was ever cool to me is I participated in some of his Battletech things. And I got back out of that. And that's, but I never really did D&D. I even, like, I played the first Baldur's Gate, but never played a sequel yeah. or Icewind Dale. And it just kind of didn't happen for whatever reason. Yeah, I got nothing on all of these names. So, I got nothing. So I know where to nod in the right spot, and I yeah yeah. So I I'm pretty good at I know where to nod and sound intelligent, but I have no idea. The the farthest I've gotten is the deck building game that I bought from DC that uh, I introduced Jason to. Jason, have you bought your copy? I yet? have not. The 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 uh, annoying part is that there are like five or six different core games apparently, and then yes, there are another there are, yeah. twelve expansion well, so, packs that can each kind of fit into so those. There's so the, it's there's, it's there's the which main, one to go into. The main core set is just called the DC deck building game. Right. It's, it's that's the what box. I have. Uh, then yes. you get into Heroes Unite yeah. and Forever Evil and Teen Titans are the other core sets. And yeah. there's about to they're about to release, I think it's a new core set, uh, called Rebirth. Mm. Which, so will, probably, which will probably no update the rules and change the rules. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll definitely dive into so. that. I just don't know exactly which core set to get. Huh. You know what we could do out of being nerdy since we're not actually talking yeah. about anything useful right now? This is useful. Uh, yeah, well, no, when, when Maya comes out to visit, maybe we'll have well, to play I'm gonna a game. I'm going to bring my whole big box of everything. So if we want oh, nice. to try okay. a couple of the expansions, uh, 
we can definitely yeah. do that while I'm out there. I'm working overnights most of that <laughs> week, but uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Depending on when you want to play, well, we can maybe make something work. Well, there's the we couple of days where we're not going to any of the parks that you could do something with us during the day. You know, except for sleeping. Yes. Who needs to sleep? <laughs> what do you? You don't need sleep. <laughs> Welcome to episode 151 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast this week. And this month, we are starting our uh, month of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips team up. Just out of curiosity, okay, so who here has read Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker books before? I know Todd has. Yeah, I'm raising my yes. hand. Yes, Mr. Maya, have you? Maya, Maya says I. Okay. Uh, Mr. Jason, are you new to it? I am new to it. Well, cool. Then that's great. So basically, well, actually, you know what? let me pull up my, my actual agenda so that I don't get completely off course because I was editing a previous episode. I don't know if you guys remember this, but you guys gave me a uh-huh. royal ration of shit for not being able to say <laughs> Donovan. And I was like, I was so tired. I was like, at the time, I didn't even <laughs> occur to me what was going on. And I'm editing and I'm like, holy shit, you guys went <laughs> off on me. Uh, what episode was that? Uh, it's the episode for um, Titan Teens or, or Quantum, Titan Teens. Quantum Teens are go. Quantum teens. Oh, uh, I right. couldn't say the name of the author or the artist, and I, I was just so sleep deprived at that point in time. That was one I think I was running purely on energy drinks at that point in time. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so last hey Brian, yeah, Brian, want a bang? Uh, I have one right now, actually, <laughs> but uh, you know, oh, if it's from you, Maya, I'll always take it. Uh, actually, that sounded way worse than I was intending. <laughs> <laughs> no, yours about. <laughs> Okay. Well, so Last of the Innocent uh, is part of the Criminal Line, which is a book of each trade is essentially an individual story with the exception of Lawless and I think it's Sinners, right? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, they're all in the same universe. Yeah, it's because uh, even because even this had, had Lawless uh, shows up. Teague, in this. Teague Lawless in it. Yeah, yeah, Teague Lawless. He's the only character that reoccurs, and even the two books that he's in, you don't necessarily have to read in a specific order. No, uh, you don't. Uh, but so, but they're just sort of adventures of uh, these sort of uh, criminal activities in this sort of nondescript town that doesn't necessarily uh, see what it is. But uh, Last of the Innocent is about a guy who uh, has married a rich woman. And uh, decides for various reasons, which uh, we will discuss later without spoiling it, uh, decides he's going to try to kill his wife. And then there's the question of, does he get away with it? Uh, Yeah. So, um, oh, I did that out of order. Like, I even have the thing in front of me and I did that out of order. (laughs) How's your sleep going, Brian? What sleep? (laughs) So, yeah, that's the problem. I I worked yesterday at 4 a.m., did 12 hours, stayed up, watched the UFC fight. Then I slept today, got up, went to the gym, been doing homework, Mm -hmm. and now I'm... uh, and now I'm recording this. so But I'm sleeping a lot better and I have an energy drink because that's probably why I'm talking so fast. But let's talk about all the different people who are joining us today on the panel. Uh, we will start out with Mr. Todd. Hi, Mr. Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Hello. Todd. <laughs> right, you can find me here on Funny Books of Firewater. I also do English class hooligans with the cat wrangler himself and my better half, Amy. Hi, Hi Amy. Say. Um, you can find me around Salt Lake, where I'm based out of. Hi, seen- Salt Lake. <laughs> hey, Salt Lake. <laughs> Say hello, and I'll look at you with a really blank face going, what? Okay. Yeah, and that's about it. Also in Utah, we have new with fancy comic books that just barely arrived as we were recording, and we edited around it. Mr. Maya. Hi, Mr. Maya. Hey. Hi. I'm Maya. Uh, 
You can catch me here, but you knew that because you're listening to me here. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's about it. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Mr. Maya on Twitter, at the Mr. Maya on Instagram, because some fucker already took Mr. Maya and doesn't use it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Come yell at me. So my question for you, if we catch you here, what is your Pokemon sound? Uh, <laughs> Mr. Maya! <laughs> <laughs> Like Mr. Mime, but it's Mr. Maya. Mr. Maya. And then we need to figure out what evolution stage you're in. Uh, this isn't even my final form. It isn't even your final form, is it? I might have to sample that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll sample you. Also, in his final form, we have <laughs> Mr. Jason. Hi, I'm Jason. Uh, I'm an uh, unemployed writer in Los Angeles. Um, and uh, as part of my uh, past work, you can see me as a VFX producer on an NBC series that starred Ava Longoria called Telenovela. Oh, I remember that show. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. I still don't think that matches up with taking a piss. It does not. It really does not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although my name isn't in the credits next to that. So it's, you know. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, if we credited in the movie, that would be a great one to have. Guy who took a piss next <laughs> to the director. Just right in oh, there. Yeah. And some guy that took a piss next to Chris Nolan. <laughs> that would actually be really fun. Yep. Oh, that's all of us. Hi, and I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of Southern California. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, some shows in Lyric this summer, so I'll be in Utah. Um, I also, I'm pretty certain I'm going to be doing some panels for FanX. Uh, w- more details on those to come. Uh, but I think that's a fair guarantee and when i have more details you can double check our website whatever um and just a bit of house cleaning uh part of the reason why these shows suddenly sound different is because my old laptop fucking died like way dead like i'm hoping at this point in time that i can salvage the hard drive to pull off some of the recordings so hopefully you guys get all the episodes oh so it's not even just the wi-fi Uh, oh no it it went down hard like it was bad so um i had I was expecting a joke there, Maya, and, and, and nothing. Eh, okay. Some sometimes the easy ones. He is aren't too worth distracted it. with his new shiny book. Oh, okay. No, sometimes the easy ones aren't worth okay. it. Okay. Easy ones. Oh. I will say when my wife's laptop <laughs> went down. I got that, Maya. Her SSD is what died, <laughs> and it was done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mine is. Yeah. Mine was the. I think the motherboard is what looked like it. Um, so I'm, it's stating that the hard drive is bad, but I'm hoping that I can salvage it and put it in external and still pull the recordings from our live show in Utah. Otherwise, if I wasn't able to do that, I am sorry. Last week's episode sounded really weird because what we would have had to use. I know those tracks already off the top of my head. I haven't edited it yet, but knowing what I would have had to done, <laughs> it was sound probably sounded pretty weird, and I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so. Jumping into what we have this book this week, I've already done the introduction because I already did this out of order, and I'm talking very fast uh-huh. because I'm on a lot of me- caffeine, so this will be fun. And and we're, and we're on attempt number two. We are on attempt number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the curtain. I back know we are on attempt number two. Let you all we've know. had some yeah. we've had some technical difficulties. Uh, we had some timing issues because uh, we some of us uh, had the correct time, and some of us, the one being the host, had the wrong time in their phone, and then had told other people the wrong time. Sorry, Maya. Um, and uh yeah he even made me feel bad because i yeah. showed up at the right time yeah. and maya's like dude you're here like an hour and a half early <laughs> it's just like, i just oh, want to hang out right. man no i yeah that was that, <laughs> that was totally me i just totally put it my phone wrong so i apologize for that so let's get into this That's book a thing. it's the thing but to be honest uh-huh. with you i i i feel fair to say that this book will probably make up for all the weird 
craziness that we've had going on behind the scenes for this episode. So, uh, we've done the book intro. Todd, what is mm-hmm. the myification of this book? It is crime, noir, and killer of Americana dreams. Can can I actually reclassify it? Yeah, what? Go for it. Fucking awesome. <laughs> well, there's also that as well. But uh, yes. that will lead into a different segment coming up, Mr. Mayo. <laughs> Don't jump the gun on the votes. I do what I want. Bitch. So let's jump into drinking games then, kids. Mm-hmm. So for my drinking game rule, I'm going to call it under the influence, which is every time drugs or alcohol are mentioned, take a drink. That happens mm-hmm. a lot, especially with... That's mean. It is a little bit mean, but you know, that's, that's how it goes. Jason claimed the one that I think everyone else was thinking of. So let's Probably. go with that. Jason, Jason, <laughs> sure. what is yours? Uh, it's called Blast from the Past. Take a drink whenever the story goes from the present to the past. See, my title for that would have been, Ed, Stop Ruining the Archies. <laughs> Don't spoil it yet. <laughs> well, that's my, my drinking game would spoil it. Well, then what is your drinking <laughs> game, sir? Yeah. Uh, the same show, Daddy's Archie. Uh, basically, anytime you realize, holy shit, these are fucked up versions of the Archie characters. Take a drink. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Todd, I'm curious as to where you're going because all you sent me was a title. I don't know what the actual rule mm-hmm. is. So what is the actual rule? So the title of it is, you know, I feel bad, but that's not going to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> so every time the main character is about to do something douchey and terrible going, hmm, I feel bad about this, but, you know, shit's got to happen. You need to take a drink. So as we go into this, you've got this character that does a lot of shitty things. And he's like, you know, I kind of feel bad about it, but... Not enough to not do it. Okay. To not not do it. To not not do it. Well, That's right. And um, he's not here. He's stuck in Idaho with shitty Wi-Fi. Um, so we'll save it for him. Poor Adam. I'm sorry. Uh, so Adam's rule was going to be that shit will kill you. Uh, anytime someone is smoking, take a drink, which is ironic coming from him, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, let's roll into votes as to whether or not we think it's worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to go and read this book. Um, Mr. Maya already spoiled his vote, so let's go with it, Mr. Maya. What is your vote? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Mr. Jason? I'm actually on the fence. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll be very curious to hear your uh, analysis then. Mr. Todd, what is yours? Yes. I'm a definite yes as well. Um, and this is my second time reading it, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, then let's roll into playlists. Uh, so here's some songs for you to uh, listen to while you decide to read this book. Um, mine is a blatant ripoff from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, so mine is If I Didn't Care by the Ink Spots. Mr. Todd, what is yours? So... I settled on Space Lord by Monster Magnet, but I was also um, waffling on doing Woke Up This Morning, the theme song from The Sopranos. <laughs> nice. I can see that yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. Mr. Jason, what is yours? Uh, mine is Raymond Scott's Naked City, which is sort of a jazz noir-themed uh, score song. Okay, and Mr. Maya? Uh, mine is Sugar Sugar by The Archie. Which is also a really good <laughs> choice. I like it. Uh and then I'm also going to add Summer Wind by Frank Sinatra because it's actually mentioned in the book. Good choice. Oh, good good choice. choice. Okay. That's a great song. Here, I'm going to add that in real fast. Mm-hmm. So uh, my new human I've got, every time she's being fussy and I hold her I um, in an effort for a union thing is I play Frank Sinatra. Uh-huh. So the idea is when she's older, she will equate me with Frank Sinatra <laughs> and vice versa. Okay. So as it goes through, every time she hears Frank Sinatra, she'll think of her dear old dad. You, and I'm like, 
Yeah, I'll go with that. You know what you're doing too is you're setting up to have her cry at her daddy daughter dance at her wedding. Um, you know when you <laughs> when you do something like to a Sinatra tune. That, that's basically what you're setting that I'm up. Pretty sure that's the ultimate goal. That is the ultimate goal to make your daughter cry at her wedding. That, that, yeah, that's right. That's what all parents uh-huh. really get into the business for. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. Crying and embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, with this day and age of digital pictures and the ease of that, you know, it's like the pictures of the couple growing up on individual. There's just going to be like a five hour photo thing. By that know, point, time will be through. downloaded in everyone's brain and people will be like, I didn't need to see all those baby photos. Don't give a shit. <laughs> That's right. I already saw them. I have That's Facebook. exactly right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dude, I haven't posted since she was born. Wow. Uh, also, just to throw in there for you, uh, Adam was going to show his inner punk rocker and do "Wasted" by Goldfinger as his uh, as uh-huh. his song. So, uh, cool. I mean, we've gotten through all that, but uh, does anybody have any final warnings? Uh, I'm kind of looking at you, Jason, for this before <laughs> they go and read this. Uh, I'll I'll leave my thoughts until after until the intermission. Okay. Does anybody else have any final warnings? No, I think okay. you're good to go. I mean, don't give it to your young uh, kids. Or, or do. Or do. Or if do. You Depends what kind of parent yeah. you want to be. Um, I will mention this. Uh, if you go by this book, uh, it will say uh, volume six, depending on which publication you get version of it. All the criminal books are individual stories. So uh, as I think we've said earlier, they can be read out of order. So yes, we are reading number six. Don't stress that. Um, you can read them in any order you want. So don't feel like, oh, I need to know the backstory of all this. You really don't. Uh, this is its own individual thing. So it's kind of like HBO's um, True Detective crime anthology? I'm going to take your word for it, yes. Yeah, each, oh, okay. each season is its own storyline. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, American Story that. has some crossover, and this one has a little bit of crossover as well. But American Horror Story's crossover is a little more in-depth than this one is. Well, so then what we will do is we're going to take a little bit of a break. You're going to get to listen to an ad from one of our lovely partners on the Hello Sweetie podcast oh. network. Hello, Sweetie. Hello, Hello Sweetie. Sweetie. Which we've Hello. been on for quite a while, but we never mention it. Uh, so Uh-oh. We play ads. That we counts, do, right? but I'm trying to be a little bit better about being a good partner. So uh, I'm sure it's a lovely show. I don't know which one it is for this month because they tell me at the beginning of the month when I edit these. And we record in advance because we have lives. Hi, Charity. Yep. Thank you. Uh, so, and the funny thing is, is what the way this is so behind the curtains, it doesn't really matter, is there's like a Facebook page where they update all that information and I never fucking go to Facebook. So what happens is, is Todd or Adam sees it on Facebook and then texts me. So it's like this weird sort of smoke <laughs> signal kind of thing. Of, you have a guy for that. I have a guy for that. Uh, and that, that guy is Adam. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, we will see you uh, on the flip side. While we take a break, here is a message from one of our fellow Hello Sweetie Network podcasts. When you have kids, it's almost impossible to find time to catch up on all your geeky obsessions. Comic books, TV, movies, games. We get it. Geek Parenting Podcast understands your pain and we are here for you. We're geeky parents just like you and we come together once a week to talk about what it's like to raise your little geeklings while staying true to your fandoms. New episodes every week. Find Geek Parenting Podcast wherever you consume your podcasts. Follow us on social media at Geek Parenting Podcast. Sorry, Stefan. Okay, uh, who wants to do the book summary? Not it. You can't say till after I fuck it up. I'll do it. (laughs) I was going to fight it, but I'm like, this is an easy book to do summary for. I'm not going to fight it for it. (laughs) Fuck it. Who gave it? No, you're not in life. I know. Fuck it. I'll do it. 
I just feel like I talk so, so much on these shows. You know what I mean? Like, I no, it's great. No, like I just I feel bad because like if people think I'm annoying, then this is gonna be a fucking terrible episode because I'm talking a fuck ton. Oh god. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, Last of the Innocent. Um, I'm going to probably get these names a little bit wrong, but the first one is a guy named Riley Richards, who is essentially Archie Andrews. Huh? See a connection? Yes, there is. The alliteration carries forth. The alliteration Mm -hmm. carries forth. So, he's a guy, uh, lives in a big city, they don't really say which, and he's going home because his dad has fallen, is in the hospital, has to have surgery. Um, So, he goes back to his hometown, which he hasn't been there in a long time. He gets picked up. Five years. Five years. Thank you. Um, Yep. Do you want to do it, Todd? I get... No, keep going. Okay. I'll, just, I'll just put stuff shit. in as you I thought I could get out That's of it. Great. I thought that was shit. Okay. Anyway. No. Um, so anyway, so uh, he shows up. He's picked up by his uh, gal pal. Lizzie. Lizzie? Lizzie, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Lizzie Gordon, who could all... Oh, let's see. Who's she the Archie version of? She's... She's Betty. She's Betty. Betty, yes. Okay, she's Betty. Uh, Archie married Veronica in this version of it. His wife is not uh-huh. there, but we'll show up later. You'll see her. Um, their jughead is a guy named Freakout is busy at a meeting, which is actually an AA meeting. Um, and so he can't necessarily come uh, pick him up because uh, Freakout has been uh, in rehab for quite a while. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, Archie, actually, no, sorry, I should call Riley's dad. (laughs) Riley. Riley's dad (laughs) dies. Um, His wife only comes out for the funeral, and you start to learn that Archie, uh, Riley. Riley. (laughs) This is going to become a thing, I have a feeling. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be great. Anytime Donovan uses the wrong name, take a drink. Drink, yeah. Donovan. That's right. Donovan. Fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, so, uh, yeah, so, um, Archie, 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 (laughs) so, they give these listeners an alcohol poisoning, Uh, I know, (laughs) there you go, so these, uh, so they have a funeral for Archie's dad, Don, uh, Riley, (laughs) Donovan, son of a bitch, (laughs) <laughs> uh, see okay anyway keep going so his wife shows up uh veronica aka felix which uh her name real name is felicity so anyway in this process you learn that um felicity's dad was super rich just like veronica and archie um riley um also is uh like he's a vice president of the company because you know of who he's married to but so also talks about how when he got married to her it's sort of like fucked him up and he's uh sort of like trapped into this sort of marriage and and you also get the impression like because at the very beginning of the book there's some guys meeting him up so you know that he has some sort of money that he's owed and you find out that he has sort of a pretty severe gambling problem um anyway so um archie also reveals riley also uh, also (laughs) reveals that um he was going back to try to steal some money from his wife and uh, he actually spied his wife uh sleeping with uh some guy that he's hated since high school um Mm -hmm. Uh, teddy 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 gold bridge whatever who is basically trying to compete with the company of uh of felicity's dad um so felicity's dad is bitching about it whatever so she's basically literally sleeping with the competition um and that's how it goes so uh riley decides that he is going to kill his wife and he decides that he's going to try to have a really good alibi for it so he can try to get mm-hmm. away with it. So what he does is he ends up uh, starts smoking a joint, 
gives it to his buddy and gets um, his poor buddy who has been in rehab. So freak out, has been in rehab. He basically gets him to smoke the joints with him. They get super high. They get super drunk. And then um, he pa- he has a... Uh, uh, his buddy passes out on the couch and mm-hmm. he ends up going, pretending he's going to sleep. He steals uh, his car, drives it back into the city and ends up killing uh, his wife. Make sure that his wife is uh, seen by an old lady crossing the street with the gold water. And he ends up killing his wife the same way. Oh, I should mention as well. He sort of snuck into a police station and found out uh, secret information about a murder that happened in their small town when they were a long time ago. Um, a serial stalker kind of thing. So uh, going back, so he ends up killing the wife, driving back home and sleeping for a few hours. And so he wakes up the next morning, uh, takes freak out to go uh, get some uh, breakfast and whatever. And then when he gets home, there's a police officer at his house saying that his wife has been murdered Uh, because he's been there and was hanging out with freak out the whole time. Obviously, his his. uh, alibi. alibi is good. Thank you. <laughs> um, and they end up eventually thing. They end up. I was going to say it, but I'm not going to say. Fuck it. I'm going to say it. Uh-huh. They end up fingering Goldwater for the job. Oh, good. Adam or Maya. Sorry, make a joke. Come on, Maya. Nah. No. Damn it. I, I keep setting you up, and I keep thinking you're going to take it, and you don't. Oh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Okay. So, so you're at the bottom today. <laughs> or every day. Um, every day. So yeah, so then um, he ends. They end up arresting Goldwater. Uh, he's all pissed off about it. He ends up, you know, trying to get all. Uh, I don't know, whatever. So end up. Uh, so um, Archie, aka Riley, he ends <laughs> up retiring from the company, uh, and his dad is. Well, his father-in-law is pissed off about it and decides to hire a uh, private detective who starts searching for uh, information about him and, and finds out that he's been uh, gambling and whatnot. Uh, Archie signs, uh, sets up a relationship with um, uh, Betty, uh, a.k.a. Lizzie, mm-hmm. um, and they're sort of hooking up. They're, you know, have rekindled their relationship, all that kind of stuff. Archie ends up setting up Goldwater to basically, they hire some, some criminals who are already in prison to beat the shit out of him and fake a suicide uh, of Goldwater. So Goldwater looks like he killed himself in prison. So there is no one to sit there and try to dispute his alibi. And so there's that happens. So then at the very end, uh, Freak Out basically says, hey, man, I know that you did it because, A, I know who the actual killer was. It was actually the principal. Uh, sorry, the killer from back in the day in the 60s. The killer was actually their principal who was having an affair with the teacher. And that information that he'd gotten, he knows he'd gotten from uh, the police station. And he also knows that uh, Archie, a.k.a. Felix, had taken his... Um, uh, car. his car because there was no gas left in it uh, but then dies of an overdose and Archie gets away with it and him and Lizzie live happily ever after did I miss anything major um, the reason why you needed to kill his wife is because of the prenup if he just simply got divorced yeah. he got mm-hmm. nothing so mm-hmm. if she dies then he gets he gets tip. like 25% of the company and then he sells that off oh he also sold that off to Goldwater yeah. as well so he so, really I, fucked the, everyone over there is a yeah, distinction. Really I don't think that Teddy is actually so- associated with the rival company. That's uh, the guy that's dating Miranda. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So Ted. So she's not literally fucking the competition, but she's fucking the guy that he hated from high school. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, so. it's important to note that Riley does sell his part of the company um, to to the gold guy, Gordy Gold or whatever. Gordy Gold. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. So yeah. yeah. So he. Yeah. Yeah. So Riley just pisses everyone off and he fucks them all over. Yeah. 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 Okay, Jason. So what are your issues, man? (laughs) All right. So uh, I think it's a very well done noir story, but I had a big problem with how 
um, uh, how dislikable O'Reilly was and how underdeveloped uh, all the female characters were, uh, how simplistic they were, and how much Riley fucks over his best friend, supposedly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just... The, the biggest uh, female character is Lizzie, but she's not given any sort of dimensionality besides just being um, Riley's prize at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Felix is just, it, I mean, if, you, if you're going back to when they uh, are introduced in high school, Lizzie is the prude and Felix is the slut. And their characterizations don't really change beyond that. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And then uh, uh, in addition, the other female character that they introduced, the only person of color, Miranda, when she's introduced, she's, she's singing that Sinatra song for Riley's dad's funeral, which is nice. But then when they go and see her perform in New York, there's a quick flashback that shows that even Miranda had a crush on Riley for some reason, and he could have had her. So it's it's yeah. essentially pointing uh, that all of the female characters introduced, besides Riley's own mom, are romantic interests, and that's all that they are. Um, yeah, and then how Riley treats his best friend is just really shitty. So I just wasn't rooting for him at all, obviously. I got you. To play devil's Mm -hmm. advocate, not to say that you're wrong, um, I think that that might potentially be a commentary on how um, limited the Archie characters are because, like, this very much is a commentary. It's a fucked up version of Archie, especially Mm -hmm. even, like, with the stylistic flashbacks and things like that. And so, uh, and and they do make a commentary. I I, I think two things. Um, One is, I think, part of the reason why these characters are undeveloped because they are very simplistic Americana icons that he's... Mm-hmm. that uh, Ed Brubaker is messing with. So I think that that might be partially a deliberate choice just because I know, um, I, having read other works of his, I know how well he can write women. Yeah. I feel like some writers, I would blame them and say that they had, you know, missed the boat or they, it, was a, it was a weak choice <laughs> on their behalf. <coughs> I think me. for him, it might... <laughs> <laughs> I think for him, it might be a deliberate thing that yeah. he's doing. Uh, the other thing, too, is I think that this is all from the point of view of a very shallow, mm-hmm. selfish individual. Good point. And yep. so they may not have, like, he just may not think of them beyond, well, I could have fucked them. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? True. And And so I, to play devil's advocate, I could, I would be very curious to see what Ed Brubaker's thought process was mm-hmm. but i could see that being a rationale and i you know i, I mean i definitely hear it that. translate yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, because i haven't read any of the archie comics none of that um sort of satirization came through for me mm-hmm. uh, and maybe okay. you, you uh, should read some archie before reading this uh and maybe it would actually add some depth to it uh, or, or more so than um than i was getting just from the initial read through but uh, that, that all makes sense yeah, well, I mean, I think the thing about Archie is, though, it's really base Americana. Yeah. Like, um, or I should basic is probably a better word. Base implies something else, yeah. uh, but it's really sort of basic Americana. And so, like, you, I mean, it, it's it is exactly what you think it is. It's surface level. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I mean, it's sort of written for you know anybody to sort of enjoy, but like, it's not too terribly deep. And I think that's part of what he's commenting on. Yeah. Of like, hey, I'm taking this. This American hero. I mean, it would be like. I mean, you couldn't do it as much, but it'd be like having Mickey Mouse murder Minnie. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of kind of what he's doing. In fact, I would love. She was fucking goofy. (laughs) Goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I hear that completely. Which actually, if Andrew Baker were to write that, I would love (laughs) to shoot out of it. Because what I find really interesting is you've got Riley, and everything dwindles. It's it's resentment is at the core of everything. So Riley gets the girl. Mm-hmm. The girl's dad is resentful that she married down and he wasn't well-bred. And then so mm-hmm. he's got the yeah. job. 
and he's given the job by his dad because he married the daughter. But the the dad mm-hmm. is resentful, mm-hmm. and he becomes resentful of the dad as I only have this. The prenup is just resentment all over it, and she's like, "It's just a mm-hmm. thing." Yeah. So he has yeah. a job and he's doing okay. And he says, hey, we're not losing money. We're doing okay. And yet the father-in-law is never going to be happy with him. So it doesn't matter what he does. He's like, well, if it doesn't matter what I do, then fuck you. And he really gets into this mode. And then you've got Felix who goes, we call her the slutter, everything more adventurous. But she gets bored as much as she does. So Mm -hmm. she's going and she's resentful of Riley. And then what can she possibly do that gets the biggest kick out of is if she goes back and fucks the guy from the past, she knows he'd get something, the biggest reaction possible if he found out. And yet at the same time, he's like, he's died inside. He's just resentful of everything. He's hollowed out. Why does he have gambling problems? He's like, I need something in my life to have this juice. And he Mm -hmm. is just this incredibly, and as time goes on, he's just become so self-centered. Yep, and um, it's just all about him. Well, I was gonna say was, yeah, is it is it that he was always a shitty person, or that he became a shitty person because of circumstances? Well, I mean, it's all about choices. So by all means, but you look at this. No matter what he does, he he lives in the city. Never goes back home. He doesn't want to be reminded of. He made this choice, and when he sees Lizzie again, he's like, he's like, the I could have had away. her. I could have done this. I could have done that. Yeah. This is what I could have, but I didn't. Is I I married the money. And there is mm-hmm. nothing new at the end of it is he married the money, he kept the money, and he said fuck you to everyone he was resentful of. He says fuck you to the father-in-law, to his wife that's cheating on him, to even his buddy going, hey, I know it is you. I might be the visible fuck up, but I know you're the one who's really a bad guy. He says, well, fuck you too. And then you have Lizzie, that's the innocent one in all of this. And she's going, oh, I'm getting mm-hmm. the man of my dreams. He's like, oh, I see this wonderful new start. And now there's no resentment here. And the biggest victim of all at the end of this might be her. Lizzie, you have having absolutely no idea. Here's this guy I grew up with. I think I know that she has no idea yep. at all. Agreed. And yeah. it is, I mean, it's truly tragic. And as I'm reading this and I, I, Mark Wade helped relaunch the Archies and I have every trade of Archie out and they really the new are, Archies great. are great. Um, Fiona Staples does the first trade there, and really, you should read those. They are fantastic. Yeah. But as okay. you're um, going through this, is you're watching this guy, these things happening, and he's going through, and he gets away with it. It's like, oh, he's going to get away with this. Then you see this glimmer of hope, the private detective going going through here. And he, he, Riley's no dummy, and he uses it to his advantage. And there's the idea is the system and the rule of law will uphold and he completely subverts it. And at the end of the day, he's just, he, he walks away and he keeps talking like, you know, I kind of feel bad about this, but going to do it anyways. Cause I think I can get away with it. And he does. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like a disappointing almost ending because like, oh, yeah. I think he is an antihero and like not even necessarily an antihero. Mm-hmm. He's an asshole. And you want, he is an he's, asshole. He's a bad Yeah. Guy. You, you want to see the final scene of this, him being walked to the electric chair. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you want to uh-huh. see. And justice be done, and there is yep. no justice. Yeah. Which okay, so this this is going to get a little bit weird, but like when I was in school, one of the things that they always pointed out to us in script analysis, and I'll bring it into this, and maybe Jason can address right. this, is what does the title mean? And because here's the thing: is, is that the title is "The Last of the Innocent." Are the is "The Last of the Innocent" 
Uh, in this case, is it the right or is it the reader who now has had Archie, the most innocent comic book in the world, now sort of sullied for them, or is it? Uh, I mean, who who is the innocent in here? Uh, like that, they're the last of it. I'm just kind of curious as people's thoughts on that. Well, in well, in that that title itself is actually a play on a book called Seduction of the Innocent. Okay. Um, which uh, I know. Hang on, me. It, yeah, it's the it comic book published book. in the fifties. Yeah. yeah. About how comic books were uh, like bad for kids yeah. and they were going to corrupt kids, and that's so the comic code. Yeah, and stuff. that's what it came out of. Yeah. yeah. So you've got this, and by first reading, I would say Last of the Innocent would be Lizzie, right? Because she's the only one not involved in this, and she's she doesn't seem to be a fuck up in any way. But you've got Riley with all these other people. You could argue is um, was any of them deserving of his actions? And no one deserved to die by any of the things and yet they all die and so the last of the innocent is the last one he has yet to do in and how much longer but on the cover of it is you see felix yeah and so felix is on the cover and yet it's referencing in my mind it's referencing lizzie Mm -hmm. at the end so it's a um yeah it just kind of leaves you hollow and kind of like someone twisted your gut yeah jason what's your thoughts on the title i think um, both of those readings seem pretty accurate i mean i I also thought that lizzie was definitely the the innocent uh part in all this as she was portrayed as the most uh pure um yeah but that's interesting that it would be uh a reference to sort of the cultural knock that uh, people were trying to lay against comic books for a while saying that they were degradating our society or um Mm -hmm. uh, just a bad influence in general and to take that and flip it on its head and show that the Archie comics uh, and their characterization, their portrayals of, of um, uh, average Americana was not as innocent as it appeared to be. I think that's also uh, that to me, that's really, really interesting. Um, well, I also, right. I think that the Archie books, like if, if you really look at it and analyze it, I guess you could argue that they're as damaging as necessarily like the, uh, horror comics that they were concerned about because like they're giving unrealistic expectations because if you think about it if Archie really did marry Veronica and take over the family business this is the fucking shit that would happen you know what I mean like right. this is like Archie could become a hollow shell of a man after having to deal with like the Lodge family for that long that uh, I can't believe I know that Veronica's last name um, Veronica Lodge sure but you know nerd. <laughs> also you should yeah. watch you should watch Riverdale, Riverdale. it's yeah. actually an amazing yeah, but yeah sure. so you've got so with that Archie and Archie can kind of be a stand in for like purity culture mm-hmm. at yeah. the same time and how it's like you've got this purity culture going up and yet is there a um, and there's a superiority air around purity culture mm-hmm. and yet at the ending it's the same yeah. Uh, anybody else have any thoughts that they want to bring up on this? So we're doing Ed mm-hmm. Brubaker, Sean Phillips. Yes. You've talked a lot about Ed. What yeah. about Sean? I love the art in this book. In fact, I, I love Sean Phillips's art in general, but I think this is interesting because it shows his ability to bounce between his normal sort of pulpy style, which is really great. But I'm actually more impressed by his cartoony style in this. You know what I mean? Like, because that's not his. That's not his bread and butter. And so, yeah. like, the, the depth that he's able to show in that kind of thing, I think, is actually really pretty cool. But, yeah, I'm, I mean, what are other people's thoughts on that? No, I've loved Sean Phillips since the first time I saw him. I can't really think of much else he's done not with Ed Brubaker. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I know there are things, but I, they're, they're so... Uh, intertwined. You know, you always, what's that? Intertwined. Yeah, they're so intertwined that, like, 
if they only work together for the rest of their lives, like I would be okay with that. They yeah. might not be, but I would be okay with it. Uh, but yeah, his his style of art fits Ed's storytelling, I think, perfectly. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Jason, what was your first reaction to it, I, Ed, since this is a new experience for you? I, I, I loved it. I mean, I, I didn't ha- really have any problems with uh, the art. In fact, I, I really appreciated how it was. Um, I mean, it, it felt very much like a, a film filter where it was easy mm-hmm. to discern what mm-hmm. the present was and what the past was. Uh, the only thing that, that stuck out to me, really, was when Lizzie Gordon is first introduced. At first, I thought it was um, uh, sort of confusing how her introduction at the top of one of the pages looked a little bit too similar to the past, and I was actually going to knock that. But hearing you guys talk and looking at it again now, I 100% think that that was intentional, that he was trying to show that Lizzie uh, portrayed a a feeling or an emotion of the past that Riley was always Mm -hmm. attracted to, um, and that's what he sees in her now. Um, So I think that the art uh, definitely encapsulates a lot of what you guys are talking about and how it's... Uh, making a comment on the Archie comics and and how it would evolve and change into this really dark, gritty, noir uh, setting. Now I, I really want Riverdale to make this <laughs> into like a spinoff. <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, they're not far off from the shit they've done. In That's that true. That's very <laughs> true. Because what's also quite impressive, you look at it, is he can do like sexy and a bit lascivious, lascivious. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty well, but it's I, not I about um, list, list. over the top, huh? Never mind. I was gonna. I was gonna try to. I think I know the word that you're saying spelled out, but I can't pronounce for shit. So I'm not gonna embarrass try myself it. by trying it. Right? No. It's, it's come on, Jason. Correct me on it's how to. Don- Donovan. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm glad he's got my back. Thank you, dear buddy. The. And it, it's sexy, and you have times like where that whole affair is going, and you're like, this is a beautiful woman, or even you've got Miranda at the nightclub, but it's not, it avoids the cheesecake mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. And it completely avoids that. It's so firm, firmly set in the noir and status, and like this completely is belonging, and it gets the mood and stuff across. And even the color tones, as cool as the art is, the coloring mm-hmm. as well and that's, sells it. Val, Val Staples, I think, are the colors. They've had a couple different colors. I was trying to look up to see yeah, who Val, did it. Val, Val Staples and Dave Stewart. Did I think Val Staples here. did the the present day stuff, and Dave Stewart kind of did the past stuff. The past stuff, because even on the coloring alone, I mean, you without anything drawn, and you just had the average tones. Is the um, the past is brighter and blocky, and it's just right there. While the current is it, it's muted and dark, and it's just lots worn of out. harsh shadows, it's got this yeah. worn out feeling to it. And it's just going there. And so the the style changes of the drawing and the line, but the coloring every mm-hmm. bit as much and the tone of everything. So it's it does a wonderful job. And yet they're they're so different from each other, but not jarringly like they don't yeah. mix. So it's very complimentary. And the um, yeah, the art was absolutely top notch. And it's not crazy detailed. I mean, sometimes you look at some of the guys' beards and you're like, there's a lot of work going on, but it's not super detailed work but it, it just fits it perfectly and the tone of it matches the writing and just coming through and you're just like Ugh, no. it is great work i mean both of them together i think are uh, well we'll find out over the course of this month <laughs> we'll we'll see if jason right. continues to have issues or not which will be very interesting but i think since we're all here uh let's mm-hmm. jump into drinks um mine is really simple and to the point 
when uh, he first starts uh, falling off the wagon, uh, freak out, walks into a bar and says, I'll have two whiskeys. So my, I'm saying drink the same, have two whiskeys, and I'm calling it I'll have what he's having uh, is the name of my cocktail <laughs> this week. So, um, Mr. Jason, what is your cocktail this week? Uh, mine is the ice pick. Uh, for obvious story purposes, it's what yeah. a ser- serial killer used, and it's what Riley uses to kill his wife. Uh, so it's a slight variation on the classic uh, one part vodka, one part brewed tea, some lemon juice, and grenadine. Uh, take a Collins glass, add some crushed ice, then your vodka and tea. Uh, squeeze some lemon juice in there. You can leave the wedge for garnish if you like, and then add a splash of grenadine. Uh, Mr. Todd, you also went with a classic cocktail. What's yours? I did the sidecar. Is what mine is. And what it is, is you just have a um, lowball glass, put some ice in there, and you're going to put in three-quarter ounce of Cointreau, one and a half ounces of cognac, and squeeze about three-quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. Just stir that gently in there for a little bit, and then you just go ahead and sip that guy. Um, I'm going to throw an Adams real fast. He had one called Big yeah. City Living. Uh, it was one and a half ounces of rye whiskey, three quarters of an ounce of dry vermouth, and three quarters of an ounce of pineapple juice. You add all that to the shaker with ice, shake the shit out of it, and strain into a chilled martini glass and garnish with a lime peel. And Mr. Maya, I thought your drink sounded really interesting. What is your drink this week? So so mine I found, um, I can't even remember. There was, a, there was a company that was promoting it, and I'm just going to give you the, you know, you can use generic whatever types of these they were having you use their names uh, uh-huh. their name brand stuff uh but my drink is called the small town dirty girl <laughs> it is one part bourbon cream liqueur and one part root beer and you just combine the two parts in a glass together and enjoy oh i like that interesting yeah it sounds really interesting really good. yeah yeah Definitely have to try that one out for yep. sure. Um, the other one that's really good, I don't know if you've ever done this, Jason, but if you take uh, Not Your Father's Root Beer and you add a shot of rum chata, it tastes like a root beer float. Yep. That's really that's good. Yep. Yeah, that's some tasty uh-huh. shit. Rum chata. Cool. Does anybody have any parting thoughts before we go into final grades? So Criminal is an anthology series. They fire... They're doing it again. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a current ongoing. There's a current ongoing, and they restarted with number one because who doesn't want to buy a number one, I guess? Well, it's also a different publisher now because I think they switched their contracts with somebody. I can't remember. They're, they're whole... with Image. They're, they're with, with Image. Image, yeah. Because yeah. my, my book is actually published by Icon, the, the copy I have of this book, at least. So. Sure. And all the ones, I've got the current run of it, and everything I have is published by Image. Oh, really? So okay. they republished it. I think uh, Marvel just closed up the Icon imprint uh, i believe yeah i believe you're correct did. yeah they just closed it up and released it all back to the um owners and said good luck mm-hmm. at least for the most part it says do what you want so mine's all image there but they've got that going on again and um they have some other things but it's an anthology series so it's a uh, get your foot in and one of the great things and challenging sometimes with comics is continuity the amazing mm-hmm. thing about comics is continuity and the shittiest thing about comics <laughs> is continuity yeah and it can be, if you're into it and you're doing it, it's amazing and awesome. But if you're an outsider looking in, it's like, where the fuck do I start? I don't know. And what, what I tell people with that, just pick up what you like. If you have any questions, we have the internet now. Mm-hmm. You can look it up. It's not that hard. But it's still it, the challenge. It can feel daunting, but it really shouldn't be. Yeah, right, but, but, I mean, but the- it, it's definitely that impression of where this has been going on for 80 years. What do I do? <laughs> that's yeah, that's well, what I did. Like with the, when I got into the JSA, I just picked up, I started with like issue 50 something. Sure. 
but it can be it's like, do I start with 50? This feels wrong to start at 50. It, it does for a lot. I mean, I agree yeah. with that. Whether yeah. or not it is, yeah. but you look at that, it at and it feels time. wrong. Yeah. So the wonderful thing with the anthology or the other challenges with Marvel is everything's the number one every six months. Yep. Yeah. And that has its own problems there too. Yeah. Well, that's part of why they do that. You can start with number one. It's easier to start with number one. Sure, and the yeah, instead, of, instead of instead of issue thirteen, so they might do twelve issues and then restart at number one. Sure, but then if you want, right? But it's got continuity is the greatest and the worst thing about these big things would be that. And um, with anthology series, it doesn't matter. It's a different volume. It's a different thing. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of great. So yeah. I'll be that there. Yeah, one thing we did miss that sort of ties together, I don't think we talked about, is Lawless is this uh, bouncer at a uh, gambling hall. He's the one that uh, Felix uses to sort of uh, hire the criminals inside of the prison to beat up and murder the guy. He's the only really reoccurring character within uh, the criminal series. There's two books of his. Well, and, and, like a, he, and he's not even the one that really recurs. It's his, uh, I think it's his brother, Tracy Lawless, is the. Oh, is it really? There's, there's, there's two Lawlesses, yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay, but but they, there's a book called Lawless, and there's a book called The Sinners that are focused on one or the other of the Lawless brothers. Um, but so, like, that's the only thing that ties this into the other criminal books, and obviously, it really has nothing to do with anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you didn't know it, it has no bearing. Yeah, it was, it was sort of one of those, it was like a Stanley cameo. Like, you're reading through going like, oh, I know who that guy is, and that was about mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So. And that's good, because one of my biggest beefs going through this is there, there's two movies that came out a few years ago near each other that absolutely destroyed and ruined the movie for me. And these two movies is uh, James Bond Spectre and Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> And the writers thinking they were so smart and doing a fan service absolutely demolished the movies, and I hate them. Um, there is a point in both of them, Inspector, is you've got the villain going, actually, I go by Blofeld now. And you've got James Bond going, who the fuck's Blofeld? This doesn't mean anything to me. So the whole idea behind of this is the audience goes, ooh, he said Blofeld. But it has absolutely zero bearing within the plot itself. Star Trek goes so far is when he says, I'm really Khan. The crew goes, who the fuck is Khan? And they have to go to old Spock and goes, Khan was a bad guy in my timeline. Like, oh, a bad guy? I guess we'll take care of this bad guy. (laughs) But this huge emotional pivoting moment going through here to make the crowds go, ah, the crew or the the other cast members going, this doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely everything else it just ruined the movie i mean yeah lens flare aside it destroyed <laughs> it so it um it was absolutely an absolutely failure in writing what helps and is good is if there's things you can make nods to the past and if it's additive only that's great but if you're expecting that to carry weight and if you don't know it it means less then that's a true failure in writing would okay. be my opinion yeah. Uh, yeah. Anybody else have any final thoughts before we go into final grades? I am con. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Jason, you good? I'm good. Well, then let's jump into final grades. Uh, so for <laughs> uh, self-contained, uh, we've sort of just discussed the shit out of that, but we'll jump into a grade for it anyway. Uh, yeah. For self-contained, what is your grade, Mr. Todd? You know, I'm going to give it a B because what's interesting, the story in itself was well, but the knowledge needed to help appreciate it from talking with Jason about this knocked it down a bit. 
So a B. I will sit there with your B, and I think for the same reasons. Like I think I would have typically gone for an A, but I think I, I didn't think about the fact that you probably need to be at least a little bit aware of some Archie books to sort of appreciate this. And, uh, the, Mr. and the, the book, The Seduction of the Innocent. Yeah. Well, that helps to know what the title means, yes. I mean, well, I, I didn't... And, well, it helps to with, with the, the themes of the story as well. I guess you're right. Yeah, no, uh-huh. I guess you're right. Well, Mr. Meyer, what's your grade? Uh, I was at an A, but you two have convinced me to, to also say B now. <laughs> okay. And Mr. Jason? I, I'm also following in those footsteps. I, I uh, Even though I wasn't as much a fan of it as you guys were, I was going to say it was self-contained, but after the discussion and the fact that there are so many um, outright references to the RG comics and that it builds on that cultural perception of comic books in general, I'll go with a B. Okay. Cool. Then for writing for Mr. Ed Brubaker himself, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Jason? Uh, I will say the conversation was very uh, informative for me, and I do appreciate it a little bit more uh, given all of that uh, additional context. I still think he could have added some uh, depth and uh, dimension to the female characters, so I'm going to go with a B. Okay, I, that's fair, uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, I am at an A. It's, uh, it's okay of of the criminal books. This one I, rem- I haven't read them in many years, but this one I remember being my favorite and kind of. Uh, I still really enjoyed it when I reread it today, so I'm going to stick with an A. I'm going to take a little bit of a note from Jason. I'm going to drop myself down to an A minus. I really, really liked it, uh, but uh, there are some issues with it. I still think that it's it's very well done and. I, it breezes through like that's the thing i, I really mm-hmm. like about like i i get into these modes where i try to read down my to be read pile and sometimes there are books that are just a slog to go through <laughs> and these books are always so like quick and engaging and i think that um as much as there may be some issues uh it, it's one of those hidden features of a good writer that sometimes goes unnoticed that you know he's very readable um and so i really appreciate that so i'm at an a minus and mr todd you know i'm gonna give it an a minus because when he gets away with it at the end, you can see him getting away with it, and it's pissing you off, and yet you keep reading. Like, mm-hmm. like there's, there's, there's yeah. just like one shot away from him looking at the camera and grinning. And like, grinning at this, and you are yeah, irritated yeah. at him, and like, this fucker's going to get away with it. And he does at the end, and it makes me mad. And I can see the manipulation going on, and it happens anyways. And I think mm-hmm. that's a sign of a great writer. Could that so also have been minus. deliberate to... Like he wanted you to feel that way. Absolutely, because, I, I think because, he absolutely because oh, not yeah. every oh, yeah. not every story oh, yeah. is a happy ending, and not oh, not, yeah. not all bad guys get mm-hmm. caught. Mr. Brubaker knew exactly what he was doing, <laughs> and he's like, "Look, I, this is so good. You can see what I, I'm going to let you know what's going to happen. I'm going to do it anyways, and, and I'm, I'm still going to get the reaction you I want." Fuck off! <laughs> and I'm like, "You go ahead." <laughs> For art, for uh, Sean Phillips, uh, who else did the the colorist and stuff like that? I don't have that on my uh, Bell, Sta- Bell Staples and Dave Stewart. Bell Staples and Dave Stewart, okay. Uh, for that art team, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Maya? Uh, A plus, 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 <laughs> plus, plus, plus. Okay. Plus. Um, <laughs> Mr. Todd? You know, it's an A. They just hit it out of the park. It was exactly... It was it was fantastic and appropriate for the story at hand. Mm-hmm. So it was great. It's an A, Mr. Jason. An easy A, easy mm-hmm. A. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm also at an easy A for that as well. Uh, for final grades for uh, the overall, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Todd? You know, it's an A. It okay bears um, close scrutiny. You get a lot out of it. 
and it does pretty well without cross scrutiny as well. I thoroughly enjoy it. And this is one of those things people go, comics, huh? I've never thought about those. I'm like, here, read this. I could just yeah. hand this someone to and it's like, then aren't, tell me what you think. Aren't those for kids? Aren't those for kids type <laughs> yeah. of the deal? Or is like, oh, yeah. oh, kids this. We're like, aren't all yeah. comics yeah. just about Superman? I'm like, read this. And this is my mm-hmm. comics are more than just Superman and Spider-Man. So because of that, yeah. th- this goes on to that short stack of read this. Uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm at an A. I don't think I can gush about this book any more than I have. Just I... I'm swimming over here. Not, <laughs> like Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, you can hardly ever go wrong with them. And uh, this is, mm-hmm. I love I love this book. I'm also at an A. I dig the shit out of it. Uh, I think it's it's really fun. Um, and uh, I I loved rereading this book. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I've sort of gotten a chance to rediscover it and pull it back off my shelf. And now, unfortunately, I'm trying to read through my to-be-read pile, but I kind of want to go back and read all the other criminal books. But uh <laughs> We'll see how that goes. And Mr. Jason. Uh, I'm going to be. Okay. That puts us at a GPA of 3.75, which is an A minus. So I think that averages out for what we're uh, yeah. mm-hmm. we're liking. Uh, that sounds great. So um, next week we are doing a book called Incognito, which is about a former, uh, I think he's a mob hitman. I, it's been a long time since I've read that, to be honest with you. But uh, it's about a killer who is in the witness protection program and... Uh, decides that maybe he wants to start killing again. Uh, that's about all I remember about that book, but uh, I'll be pleasantly surprised with the rest of you, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, who has some recommendations for this week? Uh, let me... I, I got one. Um, okay. If you like this book, I know uh, most of you out there, including people on this podcast, prefer trades. I would say go track mm-hmm. down the issues of everything Sean Phillips and Ed Brubaker do. Because uh, they do special bonus stuff in the issues they put in the trades because they want to incentivize you to the issues. Um, there are different like articles and stuff that either they've written or friends of theirs have written about uh, various uh, like crime noir stuff or you know just in anything having to do with the genre. Uh, they're like essays or this is a movie you should check out that you might not have heard of. That's you know kind of fits the tone of the book and and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I would check out the individual issues of anything that they do because that's they do it with all their books, and it's all stuff that uh, Ed has said we will never reprint this. This is we want to put something extra in there for people supporting the issues. Uh, so yeah, 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 it's it's really cool. Like, um, there was one shoot, I can't remember, oh, it's nice. in one of the first or second volumes of Criminal where Pat Oswalt wrote about, um, there was a noir film, and I can't remember. Really like, that sounds cool. And then, like, right as I had read that issue, it had just come. Uh, Criterion had just released it on Blu-ray, and I was able to track it down from the library. And I was like, "Oh, this is a really cool movie." Um, but yeah, it's uh, just like essays and, and articles written by either Ed or friends of theirs about. Uh, I think in in one of these issues, yeah. uh, Dwayne Swarzynski, who had written some Iron Fist and Cable and stuff, uh, wrote about SWAT. Uh, the TV show, mm. um, but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun stuff, and and makes it worth getting the single issues. Okay, uh, just useless fact: my copy of this book actually has a forward written by Patton Oswald, which is pretty interesting, as well. Um, useless little thing I was to throw out there. Uh, I'm going to throw mine in real fast. 
I recently bought the omnibus of the uh, Golden Age Batman Volume 1. So I've been reading the original, original Batman comics, and I've been really, really enjoying it. Um, and one thing I found really interesting that I thought I would share is the fact that Batman does not start out in Gotham City. In fact, he starts out in New York City, which is pretty interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very interesting how the, the mythology sort of develops in time of that. But I've been reading, like... I mean, they're not they're not great, but they're fun. Uh, so I, I can't necessarily sit there and do a lot of them, but I'll read two or three issues a night just as I'm slowly going through my uh, my omnibus. But really, I've been enjoying that, and I think it's kind of fun to have a little bit of old school history in there in my comic in my Batman uh, collection. So, uh, Mr. Todd, a Batman fan as well, what is your uh, recommendation for this week? Um, so what I've got here is you'll often find books being made into movies and movies being made into books and graphic novelizations of back and forth. What I picked up recently was uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, mm. Volume 1. It's been made into a graphic novel. And it pretty much, Volume 1 ends just about the same spot as the first season of the hmm. TV show. Okay. And um, for those of you that haven't read American Gods, mm-hmm. read it. Agreed. Yeah. In any way you can, consume it. The TV show was a lot of fun and great. The book is amazing. This one is cool too. So, if, And if you're a fan of like, oh, that book was weird but awesome and I'm think I liked it, but I'm not quite sure. Read the graphic novel, too. It's a whole lot of fun. The imagery and the words and everything just plays so well together. So, it's a whole lot of fun. It's out on Dark Horse. Is the And they're doing is it three volumes total? I think so. I picked up the first volume. I think yeah. the first two are out. I think they're about... I think the third one is the issues are coming out. But yeah, I think it'll be three volumes total. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Cool. Uh, Mr. Jason, do you have any recommendations? I do. Um, Actually trying to conflate the two uh, time periods of this Uh book. Uh, sort of dark, gritty noir, and uh, high school setting. Uh, It was making me think of the movie Brick. I love that movie. That movie is fantastic. Yep. Yep. Written and directed by Ryan Johnson, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, you mean that hack hack that ruined Star Wars? Uh. (laughs) Dude, I even love Brothers Bloom. That was a great movie, too. And Looper is great as well. Yes. Yeah, Looper is really good too. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's a it's a terrific movie, and it's it's very much in the same uh, mold as uh, the Last of the Innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, very cool. Awesome. Uh, so I think that'll do it for this week. Um, unless anybody else has anything else they want to say. No, I think that'll do it. No, I'm good. Cool. Uh, well, cool. Then thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we will see you next week for Incognito. Nito. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us. Please rate us on whatever service you listen on. And remember, at least we're not cinema queens.